chapter 1, verse 6. That's in the Old Testament, kind of close to the front of your Bible, right after the book of Judges. If you can find Judges, you're close to Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verse 6. Let's pray, and then we'll get started. Father God, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for these good words, and I pray, God, that you would just... uh, Bless us as we read your word. I pray that you would just let your Holy Spirit speak through me and speak to each one of us. God, I thank you that we have the freedom to come here tonight, and I pray we can learn something from the life of Naomi, from the life of Ruth, and I pray that you just would let these words be good for us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just a brief refresher. The book of Ruth was written around the same time period as the book of Judges, but but. The books are, are really different in their style, and, and, and when you read through them, they have kind of a different, a different tone to them, if we can call it that. Now, when I think about the book of Judges, to me, the word that comes to mind is, is Judges feels dirty to me, and that may or may not make sense to you, but when I read through the book of Judges, it, it feels dirty because the people of Israel are living in sin, they're worshiping false gods, and there's a lot of there's a lot of really bad things in the book of Judges. Now, there are some good judges, but there are some bad times, and there are some, some pretty gnarly things that take place in the book of Judges. And so when I think about that time period and the things that are going on there, to me it's kind of a, it's kind of a, dirty, a, a, a dirty time. Uh, Ruth, on the other hand, is really just the opposite of that. If I had to come up with a word to describe the book of Ruth, I would say beauty. Uh, It's a beautiful story about beautiful people and about love. Uh, Even the way that it's written, the style that it's written in is is kind of different than some of the rest of the books we see in the Bible. And so even though it it happened around the same time period as Judges, it's a much more beautiful story, uh, and it's a good contrast. It's a good book to read, especially if you're reading through the Bible uh, from start to finish and you just finished Judges. Man, when you get to the book of Ruth, it is a... It is a breath of fresh air as you go from all this, all this dirty, nasty, sinful stuff you see in Judges to this beautiful story of Ruth. Now, last week we were introduced to uh, some of the main characters, and, and, and uh, Naomi being one of the main characters, her and her husband had left from the land of Judah, and they had moved to Moab because there was a famine in the land. While they were there, Ruth lost her husband. He died. Uh, Her sons had married Moabite women. They married foreign women, but then her sons died. And so after being in in the land of Moab for 10 years, the scripture tells us, uh, Naomi was left with only her daughters-in-law. She was left with one who was named Ruth, who the book is named after, and one who was named Orpah. And so uh, that was what we saw in the first few verses, the problem. And that is Naomi's left with no husband and no sons, and Ruth and Orpah are left with no husbands. So we will continue on there tonight in verse 6. She and her daughters-in-law prepared to leave the land of Moab, because she had heard in Moab that the Lord had paid attention to his people's need by providing them food. She left the place where she had been living, accompanied by her two daughters-in-law, and traveled along the road leading back to the land of Judah. She said to them, Each of you go back to your mother's home. May the Lord show faithful love to you as you have shown to the dead and to me. May the Lord enable each of you to find security in the house of your new husband. She kissed them, and they wept loudly. And so what brought... 
Naomi and her family to Moab had passed. That was the famine. The famine had brought them there, and after she had been there for 10 years, she got word from the land of Judah that God was now providing for his people, that there was food in the land of Judah. Now, Naomi would have been older at this time, and she decided to go back to the land of Judah, to go back to her own people. And so she told her daughters-in-law, uh, Ruth and Orpah, she said, Look, I'm going back to the land of Judah, but may God bless you. You have been good to me. Uh, he, she says, you have shown faithful love to the dead and to me. Now, what she means there, probably most certainly what she means there when she says the dead, that is to my sons, who were your husbands, and to my, to my, to my husband, who was your father-in-law. So when she says you've shown love to the dead, she means you've shown love to my family, you've shown love to me, and it appears that the relationship between Naomi's, Naomi and her daughters-in-law is a good relationship that she has. She wants what's good for them. She intends to go back to the land of Judah, but obviously they're young ladies. They still are young enough that they can remarry, that they can have families. And she said, look, I'm going back to my people, but I want you to, 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 to go out to marry, and I want God to bless you and to take care of you and the rest of your life. So doesn't appear to be any hard feelings whatsoever between Naomi and Ruth and Orpah. It appears that they have a good relationship. And when she tells them this, it says that she kissed them and they wept uh, loudly. Now, it's possible they could have been weeping for their loss. I mean, you, you, that, that's a horrible thing, especially for Naomi to lose her husband and her two sons, so she really doesn't have any immediate family left. It doesn't appear, at least if she does, the text doesn't tell us. And even for, for her daughters-in-law, uh, their husbands are gone, and so that may be the reason why they are weeping. They may also be weeping because they love each other. Uh, we can understand that. We, we weep when we lose people that we love, especially when we lose a lot of people that we love. But we also weep when, when, when we are going to be separated from people we love, when we are saying goodbye because we, we know we may not see those people again. They are going their way and we are going our way. And so it seems like a very moving moment between Naomi and Ruth and Orpah here as Naomi is telling them their goodbyes and they are actually on the journey. The text said they've already started the journey from Moab back to Judah. So somewhere along the way, Naomi says, okay, I'm going on, but you two need to go on and go back to your land, and you need to start a new life, and may God bless you as you do so. Let's read a little further. Verse 10, No, they said to her, we will go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, Return home, my daughters. Why do you want to go with me? Am I able to have any more sons who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. Go on, for I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me to have a husband tonight and to bear sons, would you be willing to wait for them to grow up? Would you restrain yourselves from remarrying? No, my daughters. My life is much too bitter for you to share, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Now, Naomi told Ruth and Orpah to, to go on about their life, and their response was kind of shocking. No, we're, we're going with you, Naomi. We, we want to go with you. Now, that, that speaks pretty well to their relationships. There's probably a lot of men and women who, if they had the opportunity to, to get away from their mother-in-law, they, they're looking for opportunities to run. 
And here you have Ruth and Orpah who love their mother-in-law so much that they want to stay with her. They do not want to leave. And they say, we're not leaving. And Naomi says, look, I'm an old lady. There's, there's not much hope in my life. Naomi realized that at her age, she was probably not going to get remarried. She was not going to have any sons. And she said, you ladies need to go on and live your life. You're young. I'm, I'm old. My life is done. But your life is still ahead of you. She said, look, even if I get married and were to have sons today, well, you're not going to wait on them. That'd be, that'd be ridiculous. You'd have to wait 18, 20 years until they got old enough to be your husband. And Naomi says, I can't provide you any more husbands. And so you really need to go ahead and depart. You really need to go uh, your own way and not worry about trying to stick with me. I'll go back to my land and you go back to your land. Let's read a little further. Verse 14. And they wept loudly. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Naomi said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her God. Follow your sister-in-law. But Ruth replied, Do not persuade me to leave you or go back and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May Yahweh punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped trying to persuade her. So after Naomi tries to get Ruth and Orpah to leave, Orpah decides she'll listen to Naomi. Now, it doesn't appear that Orpah is evil here. We can't, we can't say, well, Orpah's bad because she didn't stay with Naomi and Ruth did. I don't believe that's the case. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing that Orpah said, you know what, I am going to go back to Moab. I am going to go back to my people. And she, obviously, Naomi uh, made sense when she talked to her, and she said, all right, Naomi, I'm going to listen to you. I'm, I'm going back home. And so she kissed Naomi, and she went back on her way. And Naomi said, okay, Ruth, there goes your sister-in-law. Now you go with her. She's going back to her land. She's going back to her God. Now, Ruth acknowledged here that obviously the people of Moab worshipped a different God than, than Ruth worshipped. They didn't uh, worship Yahweh. I don't think that this is saying that, that necessarily that Naomi worshipped that God, but, but she did acknowledge that the people of Moab uh, were different than the people of Israel, and they worshipped different gods, and that is false gods. And she says here, look, go back to your land and to your God. Follow your sister-in-law. And Ruth says... No. And one of the most powerful passages in all of Ruth, I believe, comes right here in this section because she tells her, we'll read it again, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Now, the fact that Ruth was so adamant and ready to stay with Naomi, I believe says a lot. Their relationship must have been a good relationship. Naomi must have, must have had a very big impact on the life of Ruth. That Ruth was saying, I will not leave you. Now, Ruth could have said, look, I'm a young lady. I can go marry somebody else. I would be much more comfortable in my own land with people I know doing things the way I know to do them. But I'm going to go back with you. 
I love you so much, I respect you so much that I'm going to go to a foreign land to people I don't know, and it doesn't matter. Wherever you go, I am going to go with you. Your people will be my people. My people are not my people anymore, but your people are my people, and your God will be my God. I'm not going back to my God. I'm not going back to Moab and the God that they worship. Naomi, I want to worship your God. I want your God to be my God. Now, whatever Naomi did, whatever their relationship was like, it had to have been a good relationship. Naomi had to have had a good impact on Ruth. And we need to look at our lives and say, are we living our lives in such a way? Are we having that kind of impact on people? That when people see our life, that they see something good, that they see something good in our God. That, that, that the God that they see in us, that the Jesus they see in us looks so much better than anything else they see in the world. And they say, no, I'm not worried about the other world. I'm not worried about the other religions. I'm not worried about the other teachings. I'm following your God. Now, that's the kind of life that we need to be living, that we need to have an impact in people's lives so much that, that, that they want to stick by us, that they see that there is something good in us. And the same is true. We should, we should have other brothers and sisters in Christ that, that we look up to, that we will stick, stick by, and we will stand by, and we will listen to, and we can grow in each other and know that we, we are going to be better if we stick together. And that's what Ruth said to Naomi. I'm not leaving you. I'm staying with you. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. And where you die, I will die. I'm staying with you from now till the day you die. Now, that's pretty powerful stuff, right? Because, I mean, even when we move to other places, sometimes people say, well, I may live in this state, but I want to be buried back in this state. I want to be buried in a city where my family's from. I want to be buried by somebody else. But not so with Ruth. She said, look, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm leaving where I'm from. I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving my land. And Naomi, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to be with you till you die. And wherever you die, I will die. And that's where I will be. And then she says, may Yahweh punish me and do so severely. Now, it's interesting here that she refers to God as Yahweh. This is the personal name of God. This is what we see God uh, called by several times in Scripture. And this would have been a phrase that we would see the people of Israel uh, may have referred to God in this way. But here we have a foreigner. This Moabite woman is referring to God as Yahweh. She is calling God by his personal name. And that may be a good indicator that, that, that something that Naomi had done, the way Naomi had lived her life, she had seen Naomi's God and she wanted Naomi's God to be her God, and indeed it appears that he was because she says, look, if these words that I'm saying aren't true, then may Yahweh punish me and punish me severely. I'm going to stick by you. That's pretty powerful, pretty powerful message and a, and a pretty powerful relationship that these two ladies uh, must have had. And so Naomi didn't say anything. Really, what more could you say? Ruth had, had spoken pretty, pretty firmly there to Naomi. And it was apparent that, that Ruth was not going to change her mind. And so Naomi pretty much said, so be it. Come on back with me. Now, this was, a, this was a big deal for Ruth because there was no guarantee that Ruth was going to find a husband. There was no guarantee that Ruth was going to have children. And this was a big deal in that culture. 
It's, it, in our culture, it's, it's not as big a deal because in our culture, women can get jobs and they can provide and they can, uh, they can take care of things and they can pay their bills. But that wasn't really the case back in the, the culture that we see here in Bible times. Women really were dependent on men to, to some level. And so it was a big deal to have a husband. It, it, was, it was very beneficial and good for a wife to have a husband, to have a man to provide for. And, 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 and really, most importantly, to provide children. Because having children was such a huge part of that culture. And I know we talked about that uh, in, in, in Sunday school a little bit this this past Sunday, and we might even talked about it last Wednesday, but that was a big part of the culture. So for Ruth to say, I'm leaving everything I know behind, and I'm going to a foreign land, and I may or may not ever have a husband. I may or not may or may not ever have children, but Naomi, I'm going to stick with you. Well, that's pretty powerful. That That shows you how committed that Ruth was to Naomi. And let's read a little further and see what happens. <clears throat> Verse 19, the two of them traveled until they came to Bethlehem. When they entered Bethlehem, the whole town was excited about their arrival. And the local women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, she answered, for the Almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has pronounced judgment on me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi came back from the land of Moab with her daughter-in-law Ruth, the Moabitess. They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. And so now that Naomi has realized that Ruth is not going to leave her, Ruth and Naomi make their way back to Bethlehem. They make their way back to the land of Judah. And as they enter in the town, people begin to wonder, hey, is that, is that Naomi? Now, it could be that they didn't recognize her because they hadn't seen her in so long. Maybe it had just been, it had been 10 years, so uh, they, perhaps they just didn't recognize her. Maybe she looked quite a bit different. Uh, uh, years do that to us as, as we get a little older. For whatever reason, they didn't recognize Naomi. But, but as they were questioning and asking, hey, is this Naomi? She spoke up and said, look, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. Now, that, that word means bitter. She said, look, I, I am bitter. When I left here, I was full. Things were good. I had a husband. I had sons. I had a family. She said, but now all of those things have been taken from me. Now, Naomi here viewed this as being God's judgment on her, that the Lord had afflicted her, that the Lord had brought some type of judgment on her is why she lost her husband and lost her sons. And that could have been the case, although the scripture doesn't tell us that. Uh, but, but she believed that that was the case, even if it was not. Now, it's possible that God allowed these things to happen because he was unraveling and working on a bigger plan, a bigger picture. Perhaps it helps us to consider the story of Job here. The story of Job is a good example where, where God allowed affliction to come on somebody, but, but God wasn't, wasn't pronouncing judgment on, on Job in that instance. Uh, what he was doing was making Job stronger. Now, he allowed Job to go through all of these hard things. He allowed the devil to kind of have his way with Job for a while, but it was all for Job's good. Now, in the moment, it didn't seem like it was good for Job. In the moment, it was miserable. He lost his family. He lost his possessions. I mean, he was, he was miserable. His body was, he had all kind of stuff going on. 
And so it was not an easy time for Job whatsoever. And, and this time went on for quite a while. And God allowed for this to take place in Job's life. But it, it wasn't any kind of punishment or judgment that God was bringing on Job. But God allowed it because it was going to be for Job's good. And it's very possible that that's what God was doing here. Now, it could be that God was bringing judgment on Naomi. Uh, at least she believed that was to be the case, but that may not have been the case. And, and we need to be careful in our life too, because we may think the same thing. Chances are that every one of us have had a rough stretch in life where it seems like there is one thing after another that goes wrong, where it just seems, it feels like we're in a sea in the middle of a storm and the waves are just battering us and keeping us down and we're trying to stay afloat. We're trying to, to, to continue on. We're trying to make it through life storms and man, it seems like one wave after another just pounds us. And sometimes those seasons last for days or for weeks or for months or for years. And so we can probably all relate to and understand understand what it feels like to think, man, is, is, is God punishing me? We, we probably have all thought that at some point in time. Is God bringing judgment on me? God, is there something I've done? I repent, dear Lord, help me to see it. And it may be that sometimes God allows these things to happen to bring some type of judgment on us, to get our attention. That is not, it's not impossible that that is not sometimes the case, but it's not always the case for sure. And we see that in stories like Job that there are times that God allows us to go through hard times because God has something bigger and better planned. God wants to do something magnificent in our life, and he needs to make us ready for it. He needs to, to have us ready so that we can, we can play a crucial part in whatever the plan of his kingdom is. And we don't know what that plan is, and we don't always know what part we're going to play. But God has a plan. And God makes that plan fall into place in just the right way. And it's very sad for Naomi that she lost her husband and that she lost her sons. But God is going to use that hard time and that sadness that she experienced, experienced to do something great. God is going to take this sad situation and he is going to turn this into something beautiful. He's going to take this story with Naomi and Ruth, and he is going to use this for the good of his kingdom in a way that, that, that they never would have realized that God was working and how God was working. And the same is true for you and I. There are things that God will allow us to go through, some really hard times, some really sad times, some really difficult things. But we need to remember, if we are a child of God, God always has our best interest in mind, and he always has the interest of his kingdom in mind so that the most people possible will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, will know of the love of Jesus Christ, will know that Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And everything that God does is to point people to Jesus Christ for his glory. And sometimes... God does some crazy things. Sometimes God allows some crazy things to occur. But oftentimes, even in the midst of all the sorrow and all the sadness and all the pain, we'll get to a point where we'll look and we'll say, man, God has made something beautiful out of this. He has taken, taken something that was so painful and so hard, and he has turned it into something beautiful. And he has, did, he has done something greater than anything I could possibly ever imagine. And that's what God did in the story of Job. 
And that's what God is doing in this story of Ruth. And we're going to see that unfold. We're going to see that beauty uh, be revealed to us as we move on in the next few weeks. And I want to tell you the same is true for us. And we need to find hope in that. As we listen to Naomi's story and listen to Ruth's story, it's a sad story, and we've started off on a on a sad note. It's 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 been kind of it's been kind of grim to this point, but as we move on in the next few weeks, we are going to start to see God's plan weave together, and we need to pray and ask God to help us see His plan in our life. and And maybe He'll reveal some things to us, or maybe we won't understand what He's doing. But you can bank on this: that whatever God is doing in your life, it is good, and so we need to trust Him and we need to praise Him. And we need to know that he is perfect in all that he does. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these good words. I thank you for the story of Naomi and Ruth. And I pray, God, that you would help us to have some good application in our life, that we would, we, would, we would learn from the relationship between Ruth and Naomi. And what a powerful, loving relationship that is. God, I pray that we would, we would be like Ruth, dear Lord, that we would be so bold to live for you, God, in our life, that... that, that that no matter what comes, God, that we will, we will not give up on you. God, I pray that we would be like Naomi, that, that we would have an impact on the lives of those around us, that those Ruths that may be in our life, God, those that we are able to interact with, God, that we would live our life in such a way that they would see you in us and they would, they would want you to be their God, dear Lord. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to be a good example in that way. Help us if we go through hard times. Maybe somebody's going through hard times now. God, I pray that you would help them to see that you, you're going to work good from it, dear Lord. You always do. Ultimately, God, good com comes from the things that go on in this world. And it's hard to see and it's hard to imagine. But God, one day we're going to see it perfectly. One day we're going to see it clearly when we're with you. And it's all going to make sense. But God, while we're here now, it doesn't always make sense. So just give us the, the faith to trust you and to not doubt you and to stand firm on your word on the days where we see things going on that, that don't really make sense. And let us never forget, God, that you are good. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.